I'm John DiLiberto, and you're hearing the Echoes Podcast. Today, I've got an interview with Jack Dangers of Meat Beat Manifesto. They created some of the most dynamic electronic music of the 90s, and they are still at it with a new album called Opaque Couché. Dangers is a scholar of electronic music, and he takes us on a journey from the past to the future. If you like the interviews you hear in the Echoes Podcast, then you'll love the Echoes Radio Show. Ten hours weekly of new ambient electronic dream pop world fusion and other chilled at the edges music you can hear it on demand with a subscription to echoes online and dial up each two-hour show whenever you want wherever you are with your cell phone and the free echoes app go to echoes.org and find out more about echoes online and download the echoes app from your favorite app store just look for echoes radio and be sure to try out our two dollars and 99 trial membership gives you a week of full access to Echoes Online. And now, get ready for the sonic assault of Meat Beat Manifesto. Meat Beat Manifesto is the British-born electronic project that has been taking a marauder's view of electronic music since 1987. The founder and only constant member is Jack Dangers, whose mom and dad named John Corrigan. As Meat Beat Manifesto, he's released a dozen albums as well as remixing artists like David Bowie, Nine Inch Nails, David Byrne, DJ Spooky, and Depeche Mode. Meat Beat Manifesto has just released their 12th album, Opaque Coucher. When the 55-year-old Jack Dangerous cites influences, there's the usual tropes for a man of his age, new wave music, hip-hop, Kraftwerk, but talk to him more, things go a little deeper. On one hand, there's a dystopian aspect to his music which comes from his youth in industrial England. Because I came from a background of um, working in heavy industry, I used to work at British Rail, in Swindon and all day that's all you would hear you would hear these machines running constantly people turning uh, the, the wheels which makes uh, this crazy sound I used to go, go walk around recording things as well and I used that in my music But that industrial dystopia is modulated by a sly sense of humor and sounds that also come from his childhood. I always remember hearing what was, you know, supposedly novelty records from the 60s for children. Um, most of them produced by George Martin, actually. And there'd always be like weird sound effects and stuff in there. And I would always like be attracted to, to those things. Same as the, the as the, the Beatles as well. All the weird sounds they put in, all the pieces of tape and radio stuff. That, that was the things which poked out to me more than um, 
the actual music. Dangers uses sounds like these, along with more overtly musical ones, as well as beats drawn from industrial, hip-hop, jungle, dubstep, and other genres to create the sound world of Meat Beat Manifesto. Early on, Meat Beat Manifesto did a lot of sampling, lifting bits and pieces from other artists' records. This was an influence of hip-hop, especially the collaged orchestrations of Public Enemy and their sound designers, The Bomb Squad. That was definitely a hip-hop-influenced thing, for sure. I like the, the dangerous aspect of, of what they were doing, what people like Public Enemy were doing, sampling James Brown, the uh, rebel that a pause. When I heard that, I didn't know what that sound was. It sounded like a old steam kettle, like when you make a cup of tea. And uh, the steam thing would start making that high-pitched noise. I like things which I don't know how, how they're made. If I don't know how they did it, well then, you know, that intrigues me, and I want to find out how they did it. things that Dangers loves sampling the most are voices. Voices from anywhere, educational records, movies, or commercials. Those innocent fun games of the hallucination generation. The whole pop art aspect of finding found things and turning it into something else, another piece of art. I've always liked um, Andy Warhol as an artist and sort of the musical version of that would have, would have been hip-hop really just taking bits and pieces and making a new piece of music out of it Sometimes Jack Dangers doesn't know where the voices come from, like this one, on Break Test from his new album, Opaque Coucher. Then I, I decided uh, uh, that I should meet Dylan the man. And I went over to his house. I looked in the garbage can, and the first thing I pulled out was that letter to Johnny Cash. So that voice on Break Test, is yeah. that A.J. Weberman? I really don't know. Because I nicked it off a BBC radio documentary about the history of rock. And there was a segment on Bob Dylan. For some reason, they played that tape, which, which is utterly bizarre to me and piqued my interest. So, I, why, why do you think it's him? 
Because A.J. Weberman was famous for going through Bob Dylan's garbage oh, and pulling really? out, pulling oh. out notes and things like that. Yeah, they did a whole. There was a whole thing on him. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm going to look into to him now. Hope he's not doing it in my <laughs> trash. And uh, he started expurgating his garbage, taking all the interesting stuff out, and leaving me the diapers and kitty litter and things like that. When he doesn't sample a found voice, he creates his own with his collection of vocoders, an instrument that began as a piece of World War II technology to encode and decode messages. Well, historically, it was um, one of the first instances of uh, electronic music. The vocoder was invented by um, Homer Dudley, Bow Labs, in the mid-30s. Ten years later, after World War II, but in 1948, he took it to um, a music seminar at Darmstadt in Germany. And in the audience was Her- Herbert Eimert. And um, he was so impressed with the thing that he- that was the, the main thing which made him think about starting an electronic music studio a couple years later. Yeah, I've always used them right from the first record I ever did. He uses the vocoder on the song Carrier Freak. Jack Dangers used to sample a lot of music, but other than found voices and noises, he does little of that these days. Instead, he deploys his collection of hardware synthesizers, among them an ancient and large device called the EMS Synthy 100. This thing is one huge, great big wedge-shaped thing which you got to bust out windows and doors to get into a room. He first heard the much smaller EMS synthesizers like the VCS-3 and Synthie-A, played by Tangerine Dream. It was on Rubicon. Because I remember, you know, they listed their equipment, and it was on there. Otherwise, I wouldn't know, you know, what it was. It may be a beast to move, but Dangers loves the sonic attributes and malleability of the instrument. On conventional moogs, you'd have to get a lead coming out of the oscillator to go into a filter, to go into a amplifier, etc., etc. Where uh, on the EMS gear, you used a pin matrix system where you just make the connection with a pin, sort of like Battleship. And you can just start putting pins in anywhere, you know, willy-nilly, and you'd come up with like these these things you you wouldn't really necessarily be able to do on a on a moog. That's for sure. There's a lot of joy and humor in Meat Beat Manifesto's music, especially if you get the many cultural and political references in it. That's one reason he throws in things like Electro, the robot from the 1939 World's Fair. Yeah, so it was, it was that sort of fake robot voice sound which uh, made me laugh. I like to put things in there which might make people laugh as well because I got a I got a wicked sense of humour sometimes. Um, so yeah, there's probably a little bit of that in there, but um, I think there's a lot of 
soul as well in it and a lot of emotion so that counteracts it The latest album by Meat Beat Manifesto is Opaque Coucher, which is the name of the supposedly ugliest color in the world. His music isn't ugly, though. You'll not likely find it in the glistening world of today's electronic pop. You can get a hold of Meat Beat Manifesto's Opaque Coucher by going to echoes.org. There will be a link there in the posting for this podcast. Next week on the Echoes podcast, I've got a flashback 50 to an electric storm by White Noise. This album, created by BBC Radiophonic Workshop musicians who are moonlighting, influenced a lot of people, including Jack Dangers. We'll hear from White Noise founder David Vorhaus and Jack Dangers showing the influence the album had on him and others. I'm John DiLiberto. Thanks for dialing up the Echoes podcast. See you next week, tonight, somewhere in the country, or online right now on Echoes. <laughs>